0: At Federal We have products for every season And every pursuit Our passionate and dedicated teams Design, build, and deliver The world's best American-made ammunition Whether you're hunting Target shooting Or defending yourself and family Our pride and hard work Can be found in every box Ammo can Or bottle of ammunition For us It's always in season. It's federal season.
1: All right, welcome to Federal Ammunitions Podcast. It's federal season. I'm Jason Vanderbrink, president of Federal, along with our vice president of marketing, Jason Nash. And today we are very excited to have one of the most influential voices in our industry with Julie Golub. Thanks, Julie, for joining us, and uh, thanks for giving some of your valuable time and speaking with us today on several topics.
2: Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. I appreciate the opportunity.
1: No problem. And uh, so, Julie, I, I have your accomplishments in front of me, and they are very impressive, to put it mildly. So, could you <laughs> give our uh, give our listeners? Uh, A background about yourself, what you do with USPSA records, talk about how you got started in shooting and and a a little background, just history of how you got to be uh, where you are today, because it is impressive to put it mildly.
2: (laughs) Uh, You know, I think that, you know, being at the right place in the right time certainly had a lot to do with it. I grew up in upstate New York of all places, but my dad was an avid shooter and hunter and he started uh, competing in practical shooting when I was about seven, eight years old and I I went everywhere with him. I was such a daddy's girl. And, and so when he decided to start competing, I went with him to the range. And I first started out pasting targets and picking up brass and hanging out with the rest of the shooters until eventually we became a, a daddy-daughter range officer team. And uh, we... We're very fortunate to have one of the premier competitions hosted by one of our home clubs in New York uh, called the Miller Invitational. And it was kind of the last warm up before the United States Practical Shooting Association National Championships. And so it was there that I got to meet living legends that are still around today competing. um, And I just I just knew that I wanted to do it, too. So I started shooting when I was 14 years old with dad. And we just had a grand old time, just traipsing all over the Northeast, shooting as many matches as we could, working them, and uh, it was just a ton of fun.
1: Awesome! And uh, you, you also were on the marksmanship team for the U.S. Army. Could you give uh, some background of that? That's quite an yeah. accomplishment.
2: <laughs> well, it kind of ties in with uh, growing up uh, in shooting. I went to my first national championships as a junior in high school, and. Uh, it was one of those things that I saved up my money for a slot and I earned one and And uh, my dad didn't even go with me. I went with a bunch of shooter friends and I can't believe he did that even to this day. <laughs> my family, what were they thinking, right? Traveling to Illinois from New York. Uh, but I did and I shot my first nationals as a junior and I caught the attention of the coach of the Army Marksmanship Unit who uh, said, you know, we are looking for a female team member. Are you interested? And uh, it was like a dream come true because I knew the only way I would ever be able to have the time and the resources and be be able to get the support I needed to become what I dreamed of, a national champion. I would need to make some major changes in life as a 16-year-old. And so uh, I came home from that trip, you know, having lots of stories to tell and, and told my parents I was going to join the Army, <laughs> which was quite a surprise for them. Um, but. Uh, I got my letter of acceptance to the Army Marksmanship Unit, signed up to go to Fort McClellan, Alabama for basic and uh, military police school and made my commitment of five years to the Army Marksmanship Unit to start. <laughs>
1: That's awesome. What was it like representing uh, the U.S. as a soldier and a competitor?
2: Uh, you know, it, it was First of all, an honor. Um, uh, my grandfather served in World War II, and we've always been a very supportive family with the military of lots of uncles and and such who had served. and uh, to be able to do that, to be able to serve our nation in a way that allowed me to chase a dream was just icing on the cake. And so being able to represent the country and the army while I was able to do what I loved was just, a dream come true for an 18-year-old. <laughs> and I definitely took advantage of it.
1: So that career path is pretty interesting. Would you recommend, let's just assume a, a 17-year-old senior wants to wants to go down the same career path and get into a pistol shooting, com- competitive, competitive shooting like you are. Do you think going the military route would help that person's cause? or Or...
2: Well, you know, there's there's two different ways to go about it. I mean, I was recruited to go to the Army Marksmanship Unit, but certainly, if you're if you want to um, get involved in the military and join that way, there are pickup teams for the Army Marksmanship Unit for several of their different uh, rifle and pistol sections that they pull in from the regular army. But uh, because the Army Marksmanship Unit is so small, it's kind of Kind of hard to get seen <laughs> when you're in the military. But if you're a budding athlete and you compete already, and you're interested in shooting for the army, definitely reach out to them and say, hey, you know, if you plan on being in my state, or I plan to go to the nationals, or what have you, um, I would love to meet you guys and and see if there's an opportunity for me. It's definitely an option, and you just. When you want something, you got to go after it. So figuring it out and finding the best way to do it is, is often how you get it done. So
1: 1999 is a pretty big year in your career as far as the shooter. So uh, what, what was so special in 1999 when you won three championships all in one year? So you won, if I have my data correct, USPSA Limited, the Open National Championship, as well as the Ladies World Speed Shooting Championship all in one year. What was that year... That is pretty impressive to put it mildly. what was so what was so um special about that year that it sticks in your mind?
2: Oh, yeah, you know, everything came together perfectly. Um the previous year, I was bridesmaid. I was second place in everything. And it was just the worst thing ever <laughs> as my you know teenage self was trying to recover from the fact that I didn't win. <laughs> um, but everything fell into place in in ninety nine and yeah, you know, back in the 90s and even the mid 2000s, we only had a handful of major matches. And so there were only two USPSA divisions, only two nationals. And the Steel Challenge was like the world championship, the only one. So um, there was a world shoot every three years, but it was one of those things where you just didn't have as many opportunities as today. I mean, my goodness, there, you know, pick a month and there's a national championship. It seems <laughs> so yes. many opportunities to do well. Um, but being able to win all three of those titles in the same year was incredible. But icing on the take, uh, the cake, the Army also recognized me as Army Athlete of the Year. Uh, it was the first time a shooter had had that kind of honor, especially an action shooter. You know, normally it's reserved for Olympic kind of sports or Olympians in general. So to be able to go to Washington and meet admirals and generals and and uh, be honored in that way it was a huge, huge deal for me personally, as well as for the Army Marksman Shooting
1: Unit. Has there been a uh, since 1999? Has there been a female athlete of the year from the U.S. Army?
2: Uh, not that I'm aware of.
1: Wow, that's impressive. So when you take <laughs> when you've taken all your experience that that's uh, that you've parlayed into the passion and expertise in your career as an instructor and influencer, you're certainly one of the most articulate and most positive ambassadors in the industry and we're very fortunate to have you representing our brands but what do you like more do you like the teaching talking about it or um you know writing about safety responsible gun ownership what do you like best
2: uh, you know that's such a hard question i i guess if i were to compare it i would i would kind of like use the example of a chef right Chefs like to eat, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they love food.
1: Well, I'm um, not a I'm not but... a chef, but I love to eat.
2: Well. <laughs> right. Well, but you can get the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they are drawn to food. They love it, and they learn how to prepare it, and then they teach others how to prepare it. So there's all of these components that all revolve around one thing, and that's the food itself. And for me, it always comes back to. You know, shooting and gun handling and being on the range. Whether it's me as an individual chasing a personal goal, or whether it's on the range with my daughters teaching them to shoot, or someone else, or sharing the importance of safety and opening doors for other people to give it a try, it's all related. So it's really hard to pick a favorite thing. I feel like it's whatever you're doing at the moment is is kind of what draws you in, and and it's neat to be able to change things up. You you can't ever get burned out if you're, you know, if you're only training and you, you never share it and you, you're only focused on one thing like winning, but when you have the opportunity to teach others and share it with others, it, it kind of reinvigorates you and, and it helps all the way around.
1: So, so one thing, we had Vincent Hancock who represents us, uh, as a, as a skeet shooter yes. on a couple of times. And we asked Vincent this question, cause I, I shoot a lot of, uh, a lot of shotguns as well. And uh-huh. A lot of times, do you think you're an instinct shooter or or is it more of a muscle memory shooter? is there Is there one advantage over the other? what What do you think? Is it instinct or muscle
2: memory? Oh, my gosh, neither for me. <laughs> i'm I'm a, a deliberate shooter. Okay. I have to do everything completely deliberately. Um so my my most memorable moments and stages or performances, I I've never just like gone by the seat of the pants kind of thing. I've just, I've been so focused and I can go through exactly in my mind, step-by-step everything that I did. Um, So I'm, I'm not much of a, I just, I, I guess I just love to be in control and feel all of the aspects of the moment um, when I'm performing well. So for me, it's, it's not about going on autopilot.
3: (laughs) Good. Julia, This is Jason Nash. I appreciate you being on. You know, you and I have known each other for a long time. And and uh, one of the things that's most impressed me about you is your ability to teach and to mentor people. So I I remember I still have a, a you know, we were on the range together and you saw me holding a handgun and quickly corrected my my grip. And that stayed with me for a long time. And uh, I appreciate that. It's made me a better shooter. And you've written two books. One called Shoot, and then Toys, Tools, Guns, and Rules, which is geared more for children uh, to safely handle guns in the home. But tell us about the the process of writing and publishing books, and how have those done for you? Um, anything in the works?
2: Ah, uh, sure. Um, it, it's funny The both of the books kind of reflect my like place in life. Um, so my first book, Shoot: Your Guide to Shooting and Competition, is basically a primer on the shooting sports and how to get started. And I was fielding so many questions um, via email and on social media, like, how do I get started? How do I get started? Where do I go? What are the different sports? And there wasn't really a place to find that information. And so while I was pregnant with my first daughter, I sat down and I wrote the book. <laughs> um, and then the second uh, obviously ties along with being a mom I was looking for a resource for my own children, and there are plenty out there between the NRA and the NSSF, uh, but I wanted something that uh, was a way to show firearms in a normal light and showed the fact that we're all diverse, that we come from different backgrounds, and people do use firearms for different things. And I wanted to showcase that in uh, a small, short book that was geared for young children, and fe- featured people. It wasn't about animals. It wasn't about a song. It wasn't anything catchy. It was just basically showing what a firearm is and the different types of firearms and the important rules and messages that we have to tell children. So those are kind of the, the two along the way. And now as a, as you know, everybody's in quarantine, <laughs> I'm cooking a lot. <laughs> so, um, I, I, fell in love with cooking when we uh, moved to Montana. We lived there for a few years and I had to learn how to uh, cook or else we would not eat. <laughs> and uh, it's, that's definitely stayed with me. So I'm working slowly, but surely on a cookbook as well. What does a day
1: at the range look like? If, if, uh, if we could describe your rhetoric that you go through to, uh, to maintain where you're at in the competition.
2: Sure. Um, I think For me, I I always have to have a plan. So before I even hit the range, I have a very good idea of what I want to accomplish. And so I come in with, uh, you know, one to five things I want to do. And depending on how the day is going, I may get through all five objectives, or if it's not going so well, I only get to one, but I stick with it and I try to really focus on improvement. I I don't like wasting ammunition. I don't like wasting time. And so for me, if I've got to stop and work a drill over and over again, or if I've got to go through the movements and drive for a bunch, that's what I'll do. And it's, it's fairly focused. And at the end of every session, I, Always make sure I end on a high note. A high note. So I practice something that you know I know I'm good at, or maybe I'll group shoot a little bit, or practice some reloads that are really fun. That sort of thing. So I always feel like even if the training session didn't go exactly as I had hoped, and I didn't get through all of my objectives, I at least ended on that high note at the end of the day, so that I could go into the next session with just a positive attitude and outlook. Something went right, you know.
3: That's awesome. Julie, uh, you wear a lot of hats, champion, shooter, author, veteran, hunter, chef, as you just mentioned, media, <laughs> bur- <laughs> burgeoning chef, uh, media personality, and mom. Uh, which of those consumes most of your time right now? And, and what would you say is really your, your favorite or the most rewarding? It
2: would definitely be a mother um, and uh taking care of my children i used to think i was busy before i used to think life was so complicated and 15 years ago if you asked me the same question i would have told you oh working for that next national title or world title um but you know being a parent has taught me so much about um being able to think on the fly (laughs) and being able to adapt understanding that there's a really big picture out there. It's made me a better teacher when I'm teaching other people. I've learned a lot about patience. Um, And, you know, family is always first, always has been since I was young, and and it just kind of continues on with that. So definitely, um, you know, being a mother, but I will say being able to share a shooting with my girls is just the most amazing thing. Uh, A couple of years ago, I took my oldest daughter to her first competition and we shot some, uh, rimfire challenge and it was, I didn't even care how I like that in my hitting targets. It doesn't matter about me. <laughs> it was such a great time to be able to see her have that first, you know, Oh my gosh, my first stage at a first competition and that sort of thing that it'll, it'll stay with me forever. I, I now understand how my dad felt when he was shooting with me as a kid.
3: Yeah, that, that is, I mean, I can speak for that too. It's definitely rewarding. Um, so before we go into the break um there, there's a social conversation that you're having right now you that's another thing you do really well is you know on social media, Instagram always sharing helpful tips and on shooting and and just being very involved um hashtag feel good Friday tell us about that. Where did that come from and how what kind of reaction have you had to it?
2: Sure, so you know, especially with all the things going on in the world right now and so much uncertainty, and we're not sure what the next steps are gonna be. Um, just going through my own Instagram feeds you know, on Facebook, it, it seemed to really focus on negativity or a lot of news out there that was based on the current moment with coronavirus. And so I thought, you know what? There are so many really great things going on within our industry, within the shooting sports, and the only way you're going to find them is if you're following everyone and and trying to, to wade through it all. And sometimes, you know, gun stuff just doesn't get seen the way it does for other things. And so I thought, you know, what, I'm just going to start a blog post, Feel Good Friday of a few things that I find each week that uh, highlight the industry and the individuals and some happiness, some happy moments, if you will. And so that started out as blog posts. And then I've run a couple of Facebook lives and uh, put one on YouTube. So it's been fun because I've been able to interact with a lot of people who follow me. And uh, it's it's great to celebrate the little victories that we have and the special moments. And, you know, Federal obviously stepping up to help their local communities as well as other companies within the industry. Those stories are not the things that you're going to read about on mainstream media, but we still need to share them and celebrate them because they're awesome.
3: Yeah, we definitely all need a little bit more of that in our life right now. (laughs) So we appreciate that. Um, So up next on the It's Federal Season podcast, it's time for Tech Talk. We'll have Julie stay on because she's long been associated with Federal and knows a lot about our lineup of practice and premium handgun ammunition for concealed carry. So um, thanks for being on and we'll be right back meet the industry's widest variety of game-changing ammunition.
4: However you shoot, and whatever you hunt, fortune favors the prepared. And nothing prepares you better than Federal Premium. It's a gold standard advantage delivered directly from the experts in premium ammunition. Find your Federal Premium advantage today.
0: Welcome back to It's Federal Season and our technology segment, Tech Talk.
1: All right. Welcome back to It's Federal Season and our technology segment. I'm Jason Vandenbrink, and we're fortunate enough to have Julie Gallab ba- back with us for this segment. And Julie, you're a strong proponent and vocal proponent of uh, the Second Amendment, guaranteeing uh, law-abiding citizens in the United States the right to bear arms. You once served on the board of directors for the NRA, um, which is a very interesting uh, background, especially in your position. What is uh, what is the Second Amendment message that you share today when you're leveraging all of your social media channels?
2: Oh, well, that's a good one. Um, for me, I feel as if going beyond the slogans and going beyond just the the normal conversations where we preach to the choir um, is very, very important and it's the why it's the reason why i share things the way i do i always want to have uh, people feel comfortable coming to me with their questions because that's when catalyst moments really happen so the importance of the second amendment isn't something that you really know and understand until you have a reason to and uh, whether that reason is understanding the role it plays with the government understanding how important it is for your own personal defense just wanting to be able to go and have something and do something, whether it's a shooting sport or going to go hunt and that sort of thing. Um, I think it's really important to showcase a positive example for people to turn to because it's so easy to, you know, paint gun owners as villains, but we aren't the villain in the story. And so that's kind of my whole uh, you know, stance as far as how I portray myself and my interests and, and always keeping the door open for anybody to, to come and talk to me about it and have real conversation to win hearts and minds, or at least, you know, be open, which is what I, we all, all can hope for.
1: Yeah. I think, uh, today I don't, I, it's, it's just pretty ironic. We're having a conversation with you when the Supreme court today came out with a moot point in the New York case, um, so we were, we were certainly expecting a decision on the New York city, uh, restrictions on law abiding citizens, transporting guns in the city. Um, today, the, uh, since, since the qu- the case got taken to the Supreme court, New York went and changed the law. And so today again, irony, um, the Supreme court came down that it's a moot case. So, uh, we'll certainly think, uh, certainly think that there'll be another second amendment case coming before the court here soon. Mm-hmm. Just funny when you think about the COVID nineteen, the surge in gun sales that we've seen since uh, since the COVID nineteen uh, pandemic. Um, what what does what does that mean to, not necessarily you know we can't pre- preach to the choir if you will, but what does that mean to people who who were neutral on gun advocacy before the pandemic and now you're seeing a surge in gun sales? I think your what your statement meant just previously is. Don't talk to the choir, don't preach to the choir, but it's certainly interesting when when there's a crisis in the country, people rely on fire, firearm ownership. What do you think of that?
2: It's definitely true. It's, it's one of those things where we become so comfortable in life as we know it. We're like, oh, it can never happen to us. You know, there will always be food at the grocery store. There'll never be any people breaking in at my town, you know, that sort of thing. And when something as serious as what we're experiencing right now that we've never experienced before, and this magnitude is happening, it's suddenly, again, a catalyst moment where people are, are open to concept and ideas that they would never have even considered before. And uh, and hopefully, we don't forget that. Um, we, we can be a very forgetful country. But with the millions of new firearm sales going out and we know so many more gun owners are out there, being able to welcome um, these people in understanding that it's not necessarily about all of the other political concepts and ideas out there, but what unites us is even more important. So we have to we have to make sure we open our arms up and welcome them in and help them out.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that's I mean, that's a challenge we all need to accept and, and reach out for sure. You, you recently um, wrote an article during the pandemic here, and it's a good time to test out concealed carry gear. You know, you say, though, it's wise to constantly consider your personal safety and how you can protect those you love. You know, you've got these five reasons. It's a great time to test out your gear. So tell us a little bit more about that article and that thinking.
2: Absolutely. Um, you know, for so many people they don't carry concealed or they don't carry because they don't have the opportunity to try it out or they're they're worried that they may print or they're, they're worried that they may be exposed at the workplace or what have you. But being at home, this is the great time to try everything out because you can, one, go through your entire closet because you have time to <laughs> and figure out what works and what doesn't work. And you can make a list of the things that you need. Um, one of the things I think is really important is that you can try on an outfit and perform a quick check-in. You've got mirrors in your house, your bathroom, your bedroom, what have you. You can check and see if it's actually working for you without having that sense of, oh my goodness, can someone see if I'm printing? Is this, is this a good outfit or not? Is, is my shirt going to be long enough or, or is it too short? That sort of stuff. Um, you can also, you know, try a lot of new things, whether it's a new holster or a belt or a position or a way or mode of carry. And the beauty of doing it at home is that you can totally ease into it. Nice and smooth and easy. You try it for an hour here and there because it's, you know, it can be a little uncomfortable. Let's face it. And you can try all those new things that will make it a little bit more comfortable. Whether it's moving the position on your belt or what have you. And then finally, uh, even if your ranges are closed because of coronavirus, you can still practice. You can practice draws and reloads and dry fire, of course, without any ammunition around, and uh, you know really improve your gun handling skills. So that's kind of the the gist of it. And hopefully, people are are thinking about these things, especially if they're a new gun owner, because there's so much opportunity for them to really give it a good, honest try.
1: All right, let's talk ammunition. And certainly, full disclosure, uh, you are a paid ambassador for us. So, uh, you've had a lot of experience with SynTech and the family of SynTech uh, products. You know, we keep expanding that line because it is so popular right now. So, what are the benefits you see with with that product at the range?
2: You know, it's funny, when we first came out with SynTech, I thought, oh, okay, <laughs> mm. it's just pretty looking ammo, right? Like, all right, whatever. Um, but then actually having a chance to test it and shoot it on the range um, for a long day uh, was really what sold me on it because it's so much cleaner than a lot of other ammunition out there. And it's cooler just to be able to spend an entire summer day on the range and shoot a thousand rounds and still be able to touch my handgun. It's a huge thing, right? (laughs) So from a training standpoint, it's absolutely amazing. And then of course, as you mentioned, just the expansion of it to be able to have everything I need for my MMP, whether it's 115, 124, my favorite 150 grain, um, but also have it as a self defense round option. In addition to having a training match option as well, it's really... Really neat. And then I just saw that we came out with um, practiced uh, and defend packages. Yes. So it was like, perfect.
1: <laughs> Huge seller for us right now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. My husband was even like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> so yeah. you have the combination of, you know, your training MO for um, your Syntec, and then you match that up with HST, which is just perfect.
1: So when I talk about HST, uh, I understand you're a fan of it. Lots of, uh, <laughs> lots of law enforcement agencies in the world are as well. What's the, what, what do you like about the HST product?
2: So first and foremost is the trust factor. I mean, obviously when you buy federal, you know, it's always going to work. It's always going to go bang. It's always going to perform. And then when you combine that with the capability of this round defensively, I carry in an M&P shield or a Smith & Wesson bodyguard 380. And that means I'm using 380 or 9 millimeter in a slim capacity gun. I only have anywhere from five to nine rounds. And I need to make sure every single one of them is going to do their job um, instead of being able to carry on a, on a full size with 15 or 17 rounds. So for me, HST is just it has that trust factor and then that that confidence factor that I know that with, you know, my skills from being able to practice on the range combined with the capability and the ammunition, I'll I'll be okay.
1: Awesome. Well, it's been great to, uh, to have you as a guest. Um, you know, you, you are a fantastic ambassador of our brands. Most importantly, you're, you're a fantastic ambassador to our industry. Um, we appreciate your service to the country back in your army days, and we can't thank you enough for being partnered with us. And um, we, we really thank you for taking time out in your busy schedule today to talk to us.
2: No, it's my pleasure. And it's, it, it's an honor to, to shoot for Federal and, and have the opportunity to share what I love. So it's been it's awesome.
3: <laughs> great. Well, thank you and have a great day. OK. Thanks. You too. Thanks again, Julie. Up next, our news and notes section of the It's Federal Season podcast. We'll share what's making headlines at Federal, including hot promotions on Federal gear and product.
4: There's a time and a place for every season. This is that time and these are those special places. When preparation gives way to anticipation, rituals and traditions. Friends, family, forever. This is what you live for. It's time to celebrate the annual tradition like no other.
0: It's federal season. Welcome back to it's federal season and the news and notes segment. Welcome back to the it's federal season podcast and the news and notes segment.
3: I'm Jason Nash, vice president of marketing. Um, federal is winding down its Turkey takedown promotion. There's still time to get in the woods. And hey, why not go out with one of our turkey loads? We've got a great promotion going. Uh, Go to federalpremium.com and check it out. We also, on May 1st, went live with our pure gold savings on target loads. Buy one case, which is 10 boxes of Federal Premium gold medal grand plastic or paper, or the original gold medal shot shell ammo, and get $20 back through a mail-in rebate. Minimum purchase is 10 boxes. Maximum rebate per person per household is $100, which equals purchasing 5 cases of 50 boxes. For more on current promotions, go to federalpremium.com promotions. And next, we've got a Kubota callout. Win a fully loaded Kubota Sidekick. Federal season is always in full swing, so Federal teamed with Kubota to give away a fully loaded Sidekick UTV that works as hard as you do all year round, along with $400 in Federal gear from our online merchandise store. Go to federalpremium.com to learn more and enter. Our next podcast is a special one set to launch on June 18th. We'll be sitting down with Stephen Ranella and Giannis Patelis of Meat Eater. We'll talk about their popular brand, the content they generate, and the expanded partnership with Federal, a podcast you definitely won't want to miss.
0: Until next time, remember, it's always Federal season. If you like the It's Federal Season podcast, be sure to let us know by filling out a rating and review on iTunes. And remember, for us, it's always in season. It's federal season.